And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Hello, and a welcome to Chewing the Fat. Yesterday, Sumner Redstone passed away. And I thought, well, Sumner Redstone is worthy of a retrospective. So, this is a retrospective on Chewing the Fat. Born Sumner Murray Rothstein on the 27th of May, 1923, turned Redstone in the year 1940. Became a billionaire who, as chairman of Viacom and National Amusements, drew headlines both for his deal-making as well as his turbulent personal life. At his peak, the empire included CBS and Viacom that were parents of subsidiaries ranging from Paramount Pictures and MTV to Comedy Central and Spike TV. While a student at Harvard during World War II, he helped break Japan's military and diplomatic codes. Later, he taught one of the first entertainment law courses. He began his empire by building movie theaters near shopping malls. Frustrated by the preferences shown to studio-owned theaters, he successfully sued Hollywood Studios for the right to show first-run movies, then decided movie production could be far more profitable than movie distribution. Moments after viewing Star Wars in 1977, he ordered 25,000 shares in the film studio 20th Century Fox. In 1979, he suffered severe burns in a fire. He was warned that he may never be able to live a normal life again. In eight years, he would be playing tennis nearly every day. He said surviving the fire was a reflection of his strong determination and will to live. The final years of Sumner descended into controversy and legal battles. One lawsuit saw former girlfriend describing the media baron as a living ghost obsessed with daily sex. Another around proving his mental incompetence. One alleged he showered mistresses and girlfriends with money and gifts. It's reported one received $21 million. A flight attendant on the CBS corporate jet received $18 million. He later slept with her sister, who he gave approximately $6 million. He gave another woman $10 to $11 million. No word on what she did. Another mistress, who claimed to be a model, received $7 million. His grandson's girlfriend received a job at Showtime and approximately $6 million. Allegedly. Also remembered for telling Larry King in 2009, I have no intention of ever retiring or of dying. Media Titan, Sumner Redstone, dead at 97 years of age. This has been a retrospective from Chewing the Fat. I mean, the guy lived an amazing life, Sumner Redstone. I can't. I was reading, uh, you know, reading about his life and uh, his his works and his times uh, last night. I mean, in the end, the last, uh, you know, the last dozen years or so, it was just nothing but you know weirdness. But I mean, in the end, 
I mean, he still owns 70% of voting rights for Viacom CBS. And, uh, you know, which controlled Redstone through national amusements. I mean, he was, the guy was, uh, you know, a, a titan in in the movie and television industry. I mean, he was, you know, he was the first one that said, you know, content is king. Uh, you know, he, his dad owned these theaters and he went around and, uh, that's the way he got started. And then he decided to start building these movie theaters next to shopping malls. Cause that's where the people were. And then he got pissed because the Hollywood wouldn't give him the first run movies at his theaters because he wasn't a Hollywood theater. So he sued them and he won. Well, that's how come you can see first run movies at theaters everywhere. Um, you know, he had, he made all kinds of, you know, great Hollywood deals and, uh, just, you know, it was just a, an incredible, an incredible Titan. He talked in his biography about how, you know, he was born, uh, you know, as the retro said in 1923, he was raised in a lower class section of Boston. He said his dad was a linoleum salesman. They grew up in a building that had no toilet in their, in their rooms, they had to walk down the hall that shared a pull chain commode with uh, everyone on the floor. And he said he never felt less privileged than anyone else. Uh, just incredible. Now his dad, who was this, you know, linoleum salesman, uh, when he, when Sumner was born, bought a used truck and turned it into a carding business, you know, taking people's trash uh and you know who gets involved in the carding business so i mean he went into business with this uh betting syndicate guy uh the bookie harry doc sagansky who was this i mean he was a huge mobster he rivaled you know we've all heard about meyer lansky but i mean doc sagansky was one of the big guys too and uh so he started making all kinds of money doing this and then he started you know investing in nightclubs and theaters and he opened uh this is sumner's dad opened the first drive-in theater in new york's long island in 1934 so you know uh sumner was able to uh then he went to school he went to harvard and then he you know was a big time lawyer and then he came back and worked for his dad and started building up his dad's company and started to become you know the huge titan that he ended up becoming but then you know as he got older i mean you look at some of the pictures you know even four or five years ago i mean he's still in his 90s he did not look good uh he did not look good and there were all the sex stories and you know everybody uh the lawsuits and the one the one lawsuit finally ended with the the one person giving uh some of the money back that he in parentheses had given to her uh and then there were you know people nurses talking about how he would bring people in and and they would uh they would start delegating what kind of sexual services to do with sumner it was just really weird you know and i mean i love the the one quote from him where he talked about uh i shave poolside in the nude i mean so what you know, the guy's living in California. He's a you know multi-millionaire, if not a billionaire at that time. He do what he wants. But uh, just a, an incredible guy. I mean, he did. He, I mean, he lived the American dream. I know it ended up being weird at the end with, you know, paying all these females for, you know, 
services rendered and uh, and things like that. But it was just, you know, look, he's a billionaire. He's laying in his hospital bed at the house. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? The one lawsuit, right? He The one lawsuit, they tried to prove that he was incompetent and he was, you know, he's the living ghost and he just, you know, all he thought about was sex. And uh, they filmed a... Uh, they filmed him for the courts, uh, and the courts found that he was competent. So, I mean, okay. I don't know that we've ever seen that video, uh, to know if that's, if we agree with the judge's assessment, but, uh, you know, that's what happened. So, okay. You know, the guy's competent. I guess he's, uh, you know, he's mentally competent to have, the nurse come in and direct the babes to what to do. <laughs> but overall, the guy was, you know, uh, a titan. I mean, he was a media titan. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I'm sure the family, while saddened since, uh, you know, the quote from the daughter who was, you know, big time uh, involved in trying to, you know, shield dad and get the money and get the business um is while saddened by her father's death and i know she you know had written a a touching a touching little memoir memory of her dad but uh she's gotta be kind of happy just uh you know just thinking out loud gotta be kind of happy that uh the sumner redstone debacle has now come to an end at least you know she hopes so. So Sumner Redstone passed away at 97, and he was an amazing guy. And I don't know that we, you know, all these guys that, you know, some have died, you know, because they died in their, you know, 70s. But all around Sumner's uh, time frame, you know, born in the in the early 20s. And they were raised in these dirt holes and just came from nothing and created these, you know, these, these monstrous companies and monstrous wealth. And, you know, are you getting that from the guy doing the TikTok video? I guess. I guess. Is the YouTuber building his, uh, his monsters? You know, are you calling, uh, you know, are you calling PewDiePie the YouTube Titan? I guess. I guess you are. I guess you are. I mean, times have definitely, we're in a different time now. That is for Sure. I mean, we're in a time now where we have, you know, the Wisconsin state employees are required to wear masks in their home in virtual meetings. Wow. Uh, that's what I mean. You have to wear the mask to keep your job, right? You're working for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, and uh, you have to have your face mask on whenever we have virtual meetings. Oh, uh, okay. We have to set the safety example, which shows you as a, a DNR public service employee care about the safety and health of others. Well, yeah, we still care. Uh, we absolutely care. And, you know, when we leave our home, when it's mandated or we feel that we need to to protect others or protect ourselves, we'll wear a mask. But inside your own home, wow, we are in a. We are in a weird place. And then we have the, you know, the sheriff in Florida mandating nobody wears a mask. 
That's it. I don't care. Well, it's mandated and, you know, you don't have to follow the law. No. You're one of your my employees. I'm the Marion County Sheriff. You will not wear masks at work. And I don't care. Visitors come to my office, take them off. I don't want, they can't wear them. That's it. Wait. Um, what if I want to wear a mask and I feel like I should wear a mask? Nope. Get them off. Well, that's not really the way it's supposed to work either, sir. I mean, we are in a, we are in a strange, strange place. And yes, you can quote me on that. Well, it appears as though we are getting pushed to go to that cashless society. You know, that magical cashless society in the sky. According to a new survey, 54% of Americans are concerned about touching coins or bills due to, you know, the Rona. So, um, they claim in this story that 60% plan to use touchless payments in the future. Well, I mean, there's plenty of ways to go about that now. So according to this study uh, conducted by uh, Rapid, which is a global payments company uh, backed by the digital payment giant Stripe. Hmm. I wonder how it's going to turn out. I wonder how it's going to turn out. So they surveyed 600 people online. Okay. All right. But, uh, you know, according to their in-depth survey of 600 people uh, from the global payments company, (laughs) uh, their survey also found that 45% of Americans want to see pennies phased out while 5% want all coins to be eliminated. We've talked about pennies going away before. Uh, You know, are we... And there's a coin shortage now as it is, thanks to the Rona or COVID-19 or coronavirus or the novel coronavirus, to be exact. And uh, so we'll, you know, we'll see. Are you... I I find it hard to believe that 54%? Of Americans are concerned about touching coins. I mean, it's the way it was asked. Are you concerned that the money might have COVID-19? I mean, I guess, yeah. Am I concerned enough to worry about it? Well, I mean, are we all washing our hands a million times a day? Well, you know, whenever you touch anything at all, you got to wash your hands. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb anyway. <laughs> I think we've covered that before. A good rule of thumb, touch something, wash your hands. I, you know, it's just, this is one of those things. <laughs> but, you know, if we get rid of all coins, you know, I guess, I mean, it's an American thing is the cash, right? I mean, we love the cash and we like the hiding of the cash. And by hiding, I mean, I get to buy things and you don't need to know what I buy. And that's just the way it is. But no more. I mean, that's even tough to do with cash. Right, I mean, because you have to, you know, uh, would you have your name, or do you want to put that on your special bonus points card? So somewhere there's a transaction, uh, a transaction list that we know what you bought, right? So they want to have us all use our digital wallets, and it'll become more and more accessible. And you know, one of the hardest things is to have the stores be ready for it. 
right? Because you can't, like, I still have to use a card. Still, I know it's cashless, but I still have to use a card. And, you know, if I have to use my card, if I've got 10 bucks, here's a cash, some cash. And you know, I'd rather pay you cash or whatever. But when you could just scan your phone, when I can use my computer device, when I can use that chip in my wrist, boop, uh, you know, when I could just put the, you know, just have it, just put the chip in, just put it in. Let's go. If it, if it can work, just put it in. That's fine. Boop. I want to go. So I'm ready to go. Cashless society. Boop. Okay. Good. No problem. Look, they have to, uh, you know, some merchants were trying to say no cash. Well, I mean, that's tough to do in America, right? So, I mean, plenty of cities have said, no, you got to still accept cash. Well, okay. You know, but for the, you should be, have your business prepared to not take anything but cash. But, you know, you think, look at the guys that are selling stuff at the flea markets and stuff, which I'm actually thinking about in my head, start to do. Uh, you know, you get a table at the flea market and you start hawking your wares and going out and wheeling and dealing and getting things and selling stuff at the flea market. You, now you're talking about a cash business. Now you're going back to the carding business <laughs> with the Redstone family. And you just want to be paid in cash, right? So Because you can't track it. Well, I don't, you know, the, the gangsters are all finding out that's tougher and tougher to do in, in a world. Where money is being tracked by everything. It's tough to get illegal money. Right? I mean, we're, we're cutting back on coins. We've got a coin shortage. I, I guess I'm okay with getting rid of coins. At least pennies. Who cares? But, I mean, if I... The product for sale is $14.99. All right. In the, you know, back in the day, that used to, I guess, sound better than $15. It's only $9.99. So it's less than ten dollars. So make it nine bucks then, instead of ten. Round down instead of up. That's not going to happen. But round down instead of up. That's a good rule of thumb. That's a good rule of thumb for anyone. Round it down instead of up. Good luck with that. <laughs> something ice cold anyway you might as well have one too go ahead <sighs> you know we talked oh we talked uh, a while ago about uh, as the lockdown loosens that uh, more and more couples are going to um, want to get a divorce because they've spent all this time with each other and they don't like it. And, you know, things are opening up a little bit around the country. So, we've, you know, we're easing up a little bit on that. And you're able to maybe go and see your boyfriend or your girlfriend now. You sneak in and sneak out with a mask on, of course. Don't get me wrong. I don't want, I don't want anything to happen without a mask on. But uh, <laughs> I was reading uh, an article where they have now decided uh, the top five states that... Uh, they're using data from the National Centers for Health Statistics, and they give you the top five states where the divorce rate is much higher 
than the rest of the country. So if you live in one of those states, you are more likely to get a divorce. The number one state seems legitimate, but the other four, you're kind of like, really? Why would it be? Why would it be those? So, uh, with according to this data, uh, number five, the top five states where the divorce rate is much higher than the rest of the country. Number five, Oklahoma. Number four, Utah. Number three, Wyoming. Number two, Arkansas. Have you watched uh, the movie Arkansas, by the way, on uh, Amazon Prime? Uh, actually, it's a uh, you know it's a fascinating little watch of uh, crime and bad guys, and uh, you know, well worth a watch. It's got uh, Vince Vaughn, John Malkovich, uh, Liam Hemsworth, and some some great characters. Uh, the one character uh, played by uh, the guy what's his what's his name? Uh, you'd know him if you saw him, a uh, Clark Duke. Uh, plays a, a fascinating character. Anyway, it's worth a watch. I didn't, you know, and, and Vince Vaughn is uh, is the one of the main characters. Liam Hemsworth and Malkovich are strong characters in it. It's, it's worth a watch. Crime and bad guys. And it's called Arkansas. Anyway, uh, that's number two on the, I digress. Uh, that's number two on the uh, top five uh, divorce rate states where he's much higher than the rest of the country. And coming in at number one, number one, Nevada. Nevada. Now that's the one that makes sense. You think, well, I mean, a couple of places that, uh, you know, you may think to yourself, you know, place cities like, oh, I don't know, Las Vegas. Cities like, uh, I don't know, Reno. Those cities that are, you know, big time gambling party cities feel like that's probably true. I mean, you certainly don't think that of Pahrumpf. The high desert, where our man Art Bell was from. But Las Vegas and Reno, you most definitely do. Now, they also, of course, give you the lowest divorce rates in the United States. So the bottom five are Kansas, Iowa, Massachusetts, weird, Louisiana, and coming in at the lowest divorce rate in the country... Illinois. Yay. Congratulations to Illinois. Yay. Now, also part of this story, there's a headline that says um, age groups marrying after this age will, you know, lead to divorce. And when you look at that, it talks about uh, uh, what age group is, you know, the one you need to worry about. So someone who needs to to get married when they're 20 uh, is 50% more likely to get divorced than someone who gets married when they're 25. And each additional year, according to this data from the uh, University of Utah Sociology Department, uh, well, he's just a, you know, he's a sociologist at the University of Utah. I don't know that they want to be you know, a part, I don't know if the whole department wants to be a part of his data study, 
But uh, each additional year after you wait to get married reduces the odds of getting divorced by about 11% until you hit 32. And trouble starts again. Your odds of divorce start to go up. So if you get married at 20, you're 50% more likely to get divorced than someone who gets married at 25. After 32, the numbers start to reverse and go up again because... I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking that you've lived a number of adult years on your own. You get married, and then you realize, you know, I liked it better on my own. And then you get a divorce. And no, I'm not thinking about getting a divorce. I don't know why I'm thinking about I, You know, I just started thinking about the, I saw the story of the, the states, and it got me thinking about divorce and divorce race, and I was just thinking about it. That's all. I got no desire to go through divorce again speaking of divorce though i see where uh the nba is banning casual acquaintances inside its bubble in orlando florida well i mean i thought they lived in the bubble uh, once you're in the bubble you're in the bubble right and now uh, you can't leave remember the couple players got in trouble they were able to go to the funeral but then they left they didn't go directly to the funeral and back. They stopped off, and so they were outside of the bubble. The one guy was going outside the bubble to get food that wasn't inside the bubble, and now apparently the players are bringing in casual acquaintances, in quotation marks, for those of you uh, watching live on the 13th of August, 2020. Casual acquaintances. Uh, they, The league issued a memo and it said, uh, aside from family members, acceptable guests include longtime close personal friends with whom a player has an established, pre-existing, and known personal relationship. <laughs> it said players cannot invite casual acquaintances, such as people that are known by the player only through social media or an intermediary. Yeah, I know her. Let her in. Yeah, bring her in. Oh, yeah, she's hot. Bring her in. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. I was surprised they were allowing that to happen anyway. Right? Weird. You're supposed to be inside the bubble. But, hey, that's the life they're used to living. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the old b-ball bunnies are uh, struggling right now to get inside the circle. How else are these women to find husbands that are playing professional basketball if they're not allowed in the bubble? So, and get this. They can't bring in their personal trainers, their chefs, their hairstylists, business partners, or agents. I mean, times are tough inside the NBA bubble. Times are tough. I can't bring in my acquaintance that I know through social media or a friend of mine says, yeah, let her in. I can't bring my personal trainer in. Sure, I can work out with the other players inside the bubble, but it's not the same. I can't bring in my chef. I can't bring in my hairstylist, my business partners, my agents. How am I? This bubble life has really got me down. <laughs> I feel almost, I almost feel sorry for him. I almost do. I know. I know. I almost feel sorry for him. It's just like I almost feel sorry for The Rock, who is, according to Forbes, the highest paid actor for the second year running. 
All right, so he pocketed. And the story that uh, posted the headline is from the UK. So I'm going to read it to you in UK money. But, you know, you can take it for what it's worth. He pocketed 66.8 million euros. Now he beat out. Ryan Reynolds and Ben Affleck. I mean, he's number one. He beat them all out, right? He's the highest paid actor. Uh, Johnson was also named the highest paid actor in 2016, but took for second place in 17 and 18. That I mean, life is tough. That's what I'm saying. I almost, almost feel, feel sorry for him. I know. I know. I know. So uh, Wahlberg is at three with 44.3 million euros. Wow, these guys, man, they're just making some serious cash. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is raking in 42 million euros this year. Okay. All right. Vin Diesel, 41.3 million euros. And the Bollywood star, Kumar, 37.1 million euros. Wow. So the Rock and Ryan Reynolds are doing pretty good. They're doing pretty good. They are. They're out in front. They are out in front. The Rock is way out in front with 66.8 million euros. I want to feel sorry for him. I do. I do. I want to feel sorry for him. Although I just can't do it. It's kind of like the NBA. Oh, you guys, you're not going to be able to bring your personal trainers, your chef, your hairstylist, or your business partners, or your agents, or, you know, the hot chick on Instagram. You can't bring them inside the bubble. I know. I want to feel sorry for you. I do. I want to. But then I don't. So I'm struggling. I'm struggling. (laughs) Weird. So we've talked before about uh, my wife having uh, issues with wearing a mask. And, you know, the anti-maskers of the world look down on all people who cannot wear a mask now. Uh, you can't, like I said before, right? you walk out, you can't walk out of your house without getting shot in your head. Well, if you're not wearing a mask. And you might be able to sneak out. You know, maybe you sneak out through the garage and get in your car. But uh, for the most part, there's, you know... <laughs> for the most part, you walk outside your house without a mask on shot in the head so even if you have a letter that says you don't have to wear a mask the the person the persons the drones that are shooting people who walk out of their house without a mask on don't know you have a letter so you could just you know you might get shot through the letter you're holding it up to the to the drone yeah you're done so that's just the way it is but there's a florida man who says he has a note he made copies he's got them laminated he takes them everywhere he goes he is a 57 year old male says he suffers from reduced lung capacity because of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And he takes them and shows them because he doesn't want to be called a liar. He's been, uh, he's been a patient at the pulmonary unit and has a, you know, a, a doctor that covers them and he wrote them a note, but he said he doesn't really write very many people notes doesn't do that well anyway because most of the places are you know people getting upset at you for not wearing a mask 
he believes and, he, and he signed on to the deal this is why i mean i talked to uh, you know our doctor about getting a note for my wife and well, they don't even have anything to give to you it's really it's really weird but this doc says that uh you know you should be able to handle it no matter anyway it's very rare no matter what your problem is it's very rare if you can't wear a mask for 10 to 15 minutes or for, you know, as long as you can take it. So tough. Get over it. Even the doc. Dr. Diego Maldonado, a pulmonary specialist. Eh. Eh. Good luck. God bless. Look, I submitted. I, I signed on advocating for everyone to wear a mask, including people with serious lung conditions as part of, you know, part of the, the TC Palm statement. Uh, you know, part of the USA Today network. So just get over it. You need to wear a mask. Okay. Tough. And now this guy's had problems. I mean, he's fought with people at stores about not wearing a mask because of course people can't just, you know, let you be, they've got to say something. This guy talks about being in uh, New Jersey, which is, you know, just a horrific state as it is. Uh, and going into a Walmart and he said that, uh, uh, the guy outside, he went in for about a week, you know, he'd go in and get stuff with no problem. But one of the assistant managers took uh, issue with him not wearing a mask and says, it's the law. That's the way it goes. And so they called the police and the police blew, you know, treated him like crap for not wearing a mask. Thank you, New Jersey for being a fine police department and upstanding. Uh, he claims they laughed at him told him tough you know wear a mask your letter doesn't mean anything that's the law you got to wear a mask that's nice of him that's nice of him i hope they treated him well now in the end walmart according to this guy uh, ended up giving him a 150 dollars gift card said thank you no problem just get out of here but uh, you know that we get back to the doc tough according to the doc Masks do not affect oxygen intake to a level that's significant. Wearing a mask for 15 to 20 minutes won't be that uncomfortable for you. So give it, get over it. Get over it. Don't like it? And if you feel like you can't wear a mask, don't go anywhere. That's his, that's how you solve the problem. Don't go anywhere. Oh. Okay, well, I appreciate you deciding that for me, Doc. I really do. I appreciate uh, states and cities and municipalities deciding that for me. That means a lot to me. We are in a... I mean, I started off, we're in a strange place. We are in a strange place. There's no doubt about that. We're in a strange place. But we're not in that strange of a place where you shouldn't subscribe to this podcast. I mean, that should happen. I, it's whether you wear a mask or not. Like, I'm, I say make your own decisions. But... Really, it should be mandated that you subscribe to Chewing the Fat. You know, do do I think it's right? No, but do I, it just needs to happen. I mean, as as the pandemic spreads and we get you know back to a new second wave lockdown, you should subscribe to Chewing the Fat as part of the mandate. So just choose a platform; doesn't matter which iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. That'd be great. Thank you. Don't don't put it off. Don't say I'll get to it. I'm listening to it now, you know, and I you know, I don't need to be a subscriber, but you do. 
because as a subscriber, you get a whole lot more for free than you do by just listening to it here. Okay. So you can still be a freeloader because it's free, but it's a better freeloadership. You get more freeloading when you subscribe than you do when you just freeload and listen and not be a subscriber. Okay. <laughs> okay. And those of you may think, well, you know, even though I, you know, they're making me wear a mask, I might as well, you know, make the best of it. Well, one man decided that he was going, he wanted the most expensive mask in the world. And this is just, some people have too much money. <laughs> they just do. Some people just have too much money. So he's getting a mask for $1.5 million, 18 carat white gold, 3,600 white and black diamonds. Of course, it's going to be fitted with the top rated N99 filters. The only request of the guy, the businessman, the Chinese businessman living in the U.S. I don't know what that means. That's just part of the story. Uh, he wanted uh, he wanted the most expensive mask that there is. And this particular designer in Israel is making it for him. Uh, it's going to weigh over half a pound, which is uh, pretty heavy to be hanging on your face. <laughs> But, you know, if you're a show-off and want to show off your uh, designer mask, good for you. You got an extra $1.5 million laying around to spend on the gold diamond-encrusted face covering. Good for you. Good for you. I hope you wear it in the best of health. I mean, maybe. Maybe you can wear it to the Kentucky Derby. I see where... The Churchill Downs is saying they're going to allow spectators to watch the race on September 5th, the Derby. They're going to allow uh, about 14% capacity. So about 23,000 people max will be allowed to watch the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs uh, in person. So, I mean, that's a lot less mint julep sold, I'll tell you that. And a lot less fancy hats at the Derby, which, you know, you can wear your fancy hat at home. You can wear your $1.5 million mask at home. You can drink your mint julep at home. But why? When you can go to Churchill Downs and participate. Right? Right. It'll be interesting to watch because, I mean, it's usually, you know, a couple hundred thousand people. At least, I don't know what the max is at Churchill Downs. Uh, it's not 200,000, Jeff. It's 163.522. Okay. I mean, I don't know what the max is at Churchill Downs. In fact, you know what? I'm going to find out right now. Okay. The capacity is 165,000. That's what I thought. A couple hundred thousand. Anyway, uh, you can go. Uh, I don't know how they're going to choose. I don't know if you, you just show up and it's first come, first serve, or if they're going to let people show up a couple days early and fight it out in the parking lots. Um, I don't know. Now I'm going to have to stop and see how they're going to let people choose. All right. So they put out a 62-page operations plan. That is limiting the attendance. No general admission tickets. No infield seats. 
Uh, if you had a general admission ticket, you'll be refunded. Reserved seating is limited to a maximum of 40% occupancy. Any standing room tickets have been eliminated. So a crowd of about 23,000 is going to be there. And it doesn't say what kind of fight they're going to make people get into to get into Churchill Downs. So if it were me and I was ESPN, I would at least air the Churchill Down fights live from the parking lot and see who gets in to watch the race on September 5th. I love it. (laughs) Spectator fights Saturday night live on ESPN. Or maybe we just cover it live here on Chewing the Fat. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcast. So defrauding the government always catches up to you. Always. And this man finally got caught up to. 76-year-old man facing federal charges that he cashed more than $458,000 in Social Security payments sent to his dead aunt for more than four decades. According to the fraud officials, it's one of the worst retirement uh, frauds in the program's history. Now that's, you know, that they know of. (laughs) Now, she died in 1971. The guy's aunt died in 1971. And the checks didn't start rolling in uh, until 77. So she was born in 1905, applied for retirement benefits in 1970, and she didn't receive any of the payments until 1977 when she reached her delayed retirement computation age, according to the Department of Justice. So her nephew has been charged with theft of public funds and mail theft. Of course, they always get you for the mail. Damn United States Postal Service anyway. So when asked... When they asked George, George Dumar of Oregon, the 76-year-old man, hey, uh, you've been collecting these government payments. What have you got to say for yourself? He slumped his head. Ah, that's a long story. What happened was, well, she's passed. And yes, I've been collecting her social security. Er, Thank you. (laughs) What busted him though was the stimulus check. He got a $1,200 check and it was cashed according to the DOJ, which sent up red flags. He's been cashing these checks from the deceased beneficiary for 40 years, but the stimulus check Busted him, got him caught, sent up the red flag. $458,000 of Social Security payments. I mean, it's tough to blame the guy, right? The check starts coming in in 77. He's like, wow, they're, they're sending me a check. Sure, it's got her name on it. I'll just sign it and cash it. Spend the money. <laughs> After the first, what? At what point do you figure it's not going to end, right? He's 76 now. 
So he was 36, 40 years ago when it started, right? 40 years. So at what point, five years in, 10 years in, do you think they're never going to know? They're just, they're just going to continue to send me checks. 20 years in, they're never going to know. I'm just going to keep putting them in the bank. 30 years in, I'm just going to keep putting them in the bank. You know, it's paid for the addition on the house. It paid for my vacations. That's fine. Don't worry about it. 40 years in, they're never going to know. I'm good. Hell, I'm 76 now. They're never going to catch me. What's this check? Oh, it's the stimulus check. Well, I mean, they haven't said anything about the rest of the checks. I might as well cash this. Red flag, red flag. So, good luck, George. But uh, the government always catches up to you. That we know of. Speaking of catching up to you, a Navajo man, a Native American, Lesmond Mitchell, is on death row. And he is set to be put to death on the 26th of this month at the federal prison in Indiana where he's being held. He's, you know, one of the first inmates that is supposed to be executed after the Department of Justice said, yep, we're going to start, uh, we're going to resume capital punishment. This is go. And they've already, they've already, you know, juiced a few since that ruling. But uh, they have requested de- a delay for Lesmond because they're saying that he should be uh, treated in Arizona where he was where he was caught and they put a temporary stay on, but that run, that's going to run out. And a U.S. district judge said in Arizona, heard arguments on the request for a delay. And he said, he's going to make his decision quickly because you know, I mean, time is running out. Right. And the Supreme court wasn't going to, uh, uh, hear the case. Or at least they don't have enough time to get to the Supreme Court, I guess. I guess they're going to try to get it there. And they're using, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of, uh, damn lawyer tricks. Now, I understand. I, I am a proponent of the death penalty, especially for my man here who was convicted for a carjacking resulting in death. Okay. He fatally stabbed this lady that was with her granddaughter, took the car, made the granddaughter ride with him and the dead grandmother about 40 miles before he killed the girl. And then he buried them in a shallow grave in the Arizona portion of the Navajo reservation in 2001. It seems to me that that is worth the death penalty. I could be wrong. Sure, I could be wrong. And sure, I'm sure the, uh, you know, the anti-death penalty people are uh, well against it. No question. And since uh, today, well, I didn't congratulate uh, everyone. Today is National Left-Handers Day. (laughs) So if you're a left-hander, today is your day. And uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the day. Unlike other days, make this that extra special day if you're a left-hander. If you're a right-hander, don't be biased against the left-handers, okay? Don't do it. 
I was really weird. It got me thinking when I saw that, that it was left-handers day. I started thinking about it. You know, I, don't, I, I don't have anyone in my house now that's left-handed. I can, I can, you know, I'm, uh, ambidextrous with a lot of things. You can quote me on that, but, uh, you know, writing is really difficult. My first wife was left-handed and you really realize how frustrating it is with so many things for left-handers because since the majority of humans are right-handed, many items that you use are just built for right-handers and it makes it, it's very frustrating for left-handers. And I, I understand how a day like today should be celebrated and I am, I will, I will celebrate and think of all the left-handers here on National Left-Hander Day. And thanks to all of you that have emailed ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com and uh, answered the uh, mature, seasoned, or MILF question. And we'll get into some of your responses tomorrow on Chewing the Fat. So you uh, still have time to comment on the earlier podcast this week asking the question, mature seasoned or milf which one works oh,